Numbers chapter 13 is where we will begin today. I do feel I have a word from the Lord, so I do want to jump right into this. Numbers chapter 13, wonderful job, praise team musicians, as always. Numbers chapter 13, starting at verse number 30. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen behind me. The Bible says, starting at verse number 30, it says, And Caleb stealed the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. I want to tell somebody right now that you are well able. I'm going to say that again. You're well able. You're well, well able to overcome. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which came of the giants which come excuse me of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight Let's go on to Numbers chapter 14, starting at verse number one. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, listen to this now, the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? Should we just go back where we came from? Go back to slavery? Go back to bondage? Go back to where we were nothing? And the Bible says in verse number four, and they said one to another, let us make a captain. I don't want to listen to Moses anymore. We don't want to follow his leadership anymore. We don't want to do this anymore. We're going to make us a captain. We're going to create us another leader. Let us make a captain and let us return where we came from. Well, I want to preach today on a simple subject. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Someone here today needs to make it up in their mind that you're not going back. I don't know what you need to come out of. I don't know what you're walking away from, but you need to make it up in your mind today. I'm not going back. Some of us need, I'm not going back to old relationships. I'm not going back to old ways. I'm not going back to old habits. God's brought me too far. I'm not going back. And I'm definitely not going back to the world. I'm not going back. Someone needs to make that up in their spirit here today. I'm not going back. Lord, have your way in this house right now. Speak to our hearts here today. 
Help us, Jesus, right now, God. These are your people. These are your sheep. This is your church, God. I am your vessel. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Help me, Lord, to speak every word that is intended. Help me, God, that my flesh will not get in the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. As much as I believe that the first step to not going back is making the statement that you're not going back. That is the first step. Before you take a physical step, you must proclaim it out of your mouth. Before you take a physical step, you must proclaim it out of your mouth. You must be able to say, I'm not going back. You must be able to speak it whether you fully believe it or not. You got to say, I'm not going back. Now, the next step is, the next key is, is what tools, what do we need in order to be successful so that we dare to not return? Because you can go off on your journey, make steps in the right direction, but that does not mean you're going to continue in the right direction. There's nothing more frustrating than making steps of progress and then seeing yourself start to regress. Because when you see yourself starting regressing, that's when the enemy comes to torment your mind and say, see, you never should have took off in the first place. You should have never left the starting blocks. You might as well just stay in your mess right where you are. Many of us fail because we don't have the right resources, we don't have the right tools, and we're not surrounding ourselves with the right people. All those things are important because you can have the right resources and tools, but if you're surrounded by garbage, you'll end up in garbage. So these things are true. And today I want to teach us a valuable topic, a valuable subject, a valuable principle that can help you and I so that we do not turn back. The most powerful and influential force in your life is not the devil. The most powerful and influential force in your life is not your job, not your boss, not your spouse, not your family, not even your worst enemy. No, the most powerful and influential force in your life are the prayers that you pray. <laughs> See, no child of God can be defeated by the devil if he will only push back in prayer. I'm not just suggesting that the influencers that I mentioned just a little bit ago are not powerful and do not have influence over your life, but none of them individually and all of them collectively cannot destroy you if you will engage in effectual, fervent prayer. Somebody say, I need prayer. There's nothing more powerful than an individual that prays for themselves. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter number five, this is a great subject to take notes on. 
James chapter number five, the scripture says in verse number 13, is any among you afflicted? The Bible says pray. Let who pray? Him pray. Oh, do you see that? Is any among you afflicted? Pray for yourself. Let him pray. Is any among, is any sick among you? Then let him call for the elders of the church. And what do they do? They pray. They pray over him. They anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if you have committed any sin, they shall be forgiven him. The scripture says in verse number 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much then the bible goes on to say in verse number 17 that elias was a man subject to like passions as we are that means he would fall into diverse temptations like you and i he was a man that thought like you and i he was a man that maybe stumbled like you and i he was one that maybe lacked a little bit of faith every once in a while like you and i subject to like passions as we And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the span of three years and six months. Now, somebody may say that's a powerful man. I would just say that was a powerful prayer. It was a prayer that was earnest, the scripture says. It was earnest prayer and it didn't rain for three years and six months. I believe some of us would like to have a prayer life like that. Well, we, huh? Over certain situations in our life that we can remove for about three and a half years. Uh huh. Some of y'all thinking about people right now, see? The scripture says he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. So he prayed and caused the rain to stop. He prayed calls the rain again the kind of prayer that this verse and these verses that we just mentioned are calling for is not silent they're not intellectual prayers we're not talking about simply repeating or reciting something someone else thought of first effectual and fervent come from the same greek word and is used in the same sense of activity or energy it denotes activity or energy to be at work this is what the scripture is talking about if your prayer is not active and filled with energy there is a missing component that you need to incorporate into your prayer because i reiterate that prayer is the most influential thing in your life Prayer is more than a mental exercise of silently thinking sacred thoughts. But when you pray, somebody say in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you. This is the same spirit that moved on the face of the waters in the Bible where it speaks of in Genesis chapter one, even in verses number two. This is the same spirit that worked when God said, let there be light. 
There is unlimited divine power released when the Holy Ghost becomes active in any situation. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are teaming up with God to pray his perfect will into your situation. This is why I believe that there is no more powerful prayer than praying in the Holy Ghost. When you are praying a spirit-filled prayer, that's what praying in the Holy Ghost is. It is praying being led by the Spirit. Praying until you begin to speak in tongues and allowing the presence of God to overshadow you. Now, you do not have to pray in the Holy Ghost to be saved. No, you don't. But you must have the Holy Ghost in order to pray in the Holy Ghost. I mentioned earlier, nothing can come out of you unless it is first in you. So you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in order for the Holy Spirit to come out of you. So if you do not possess the gift of the Holy Ghost, you cannot be led by the Spirit if it's not in you but when you have the gift of the Holy Ghost when you have spoken in tongues you have the authority down on the inside of you to pray and be led by the Spirit and there is nothing more powerful in anyone's prayer than be praying in the Holy Ghost I'm talking about praying until you begin to speak in tongues, praying until the Holy Ghost just overshadows you, praying until it's no more you, but it's all of him. Why is this so important? Because we have too many individuals that are not being led by the spirits in their prayer, and then they become frustrated when things don't work out the way they thought it should work out. Because you should never pray saying, God, let it be done my way, but God, let it be done your way. You can pray prayers that leave you fully in control of exactly what you're saying. You can. You can make sure that God understands exactly what you want him to do and what you intend to permit to happen in your life. But if you truly want his kingdom to come and his will to be done in your earthen vessel, just as it is in heaven, you need to learn to become comfortable praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say that again. You need to become comfortable praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to become comfortable praying, being led by the Spirit. I think everyone in here today, if you have a desire not to return, you must have a deeper walk with him in your prayer life because if you don't if we don't learn how to pray and be led by the spirit you're going to be running into obstacle after obstacle wall after wall and you will become frustrated and wonder if God is on your side no God is with you he's just waiting on you to release yourself to him and allow his will to be done in your life the Bible says in the book of James Chapter number four, verse number one. Because James gives us great insight into what happens when we do not pray being led by the spirit. The Bible says from whence come wars and fightings among you. 
Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not. Why? Because you ask, somebody say, amiss. You ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your own lust. What James just described is what happens when we pray with our own understanding. When I pray in my human understanding about things in my life. And I do not allow the Holy Ghost to direct my prayers. James says that this is what I get. I get wars. I get fightings among us. I get inappropriate desires. I get unattainable expectations. And the disappointment that comes when I ask and my requests are not answered. I will be completely transparent with you just for a moment. There have been times in my life when I have gone to prayer knowing full well what I wanted God to do for me. I know exactly what I wanted done and how I wanted him to do it. My entire prayer time was devoted to trying to convince God to see things my way. Lord, I need this done like this and at this time. Lord, I need you to do it this way and I need this person to know that it's about to happen. Lord, I need you to declare this person to be removed from my life. And then we got the nerve to stamp it and seal it and say, in the name of Jesus. God, I need you to remove this, do that, and do it here, and I want it done by next week. Then I know it's you. In Jesus' name. Oh, I know I'm preaching the truth. And then when that time frame comes, you're like, Lord, what happened? I've been coming to church. I've been worshiping. I even paid my tithes this week. Now, let's not talk about the last few weeks, but this week, that's why I'm praying. Because I thought you would honor it. In Jesus' name. And Jesus said, don't be using my name in vain. Don't be trying to seal it with my name when all you want is your way. You don't really want to do things my way. You really don't. You want to do it your way. And you want to have it your way. What, what's that saying? Something about the cake and eat it too? Come on, y'all. What is that? Have your cake and eat it too. In Jesus' name. But we throw that in Jesus' name on it. We think, whoo, we good now. I can worship now. He's on my side now. I got his attention now. I can dance now. Jesus is like, you better sit your little behind down. Go back and pray. Because you didn't pray the first time. You just want what you want. That's what we do. And God has to help you and I to be led by the spirit. If, if we think we can hop on our knees or have what, whatever position you pray in. I don't know if you hop on knees though. 
We're going to let that one slide. Whatever position you pray in, you think you can be down there for just two, three, four, five, just a couple minutes. It takes a few minutes just to get rid of our flesh. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it takes me five to ten minutes just to get the flesh out the way. Finally, I can get to a point to where I say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing in my life, but God, do it. I don't know what direction to go, Lord, but God, direct me. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think, but God, work on my mind. Lead me, God. Guide me, Lord. Am I with the right man? Am I with the right person? Am I going to the right church? Is this the right thing to do? God, help me. Give me understanding. Touch me, Jesus. It takes me a while just to push through my wants. That's why I encourage people that when you pray, do not start out with your wants. Never start out with your wants because then you're going to be asking somebody say amiss. That's what a miss is. Uh Uh-huh. You should always start prayer with thanksgiving. Thanking. What am I thanking for? You breathing, ain't you? Amen. Thanking. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Thank you, Jesus, for just allowing me to be able to wake up one more day. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me out of certain situations that I've been in. I know I should have been taken down a long time ago, but I thank you, Lord, for where I am right now. Thanking for what he's already done. That's how every prayer should start. You should quickly move into praise. After you're thanking, I praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do. I praise you Lord for the things that's going to take place in my life remember what I said earlier that praise can be prophetic Uh huh. it hasn't happened yet but I'm praising you for it you haven't brought me yet but I'm praising you for it you haven't healed me yet but I'm praising you for it I haven't got rid of this yet but I'm praising you for it my children aren't home yet but I'm praising you for it they're not sitting next to me they haven't called me and said mom I'm coming home but I'm praising you for it You begin to worship and praise the Lord for things that have not taken place, but you believe God for. You thanking, you're praising. And after you thanked him, after you've praised him, you still don't go into what you want. You go into a moment of confession. You go into a moment where you say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, God. Oh, I hope somebody, oh, I sure hope you're getting this this morning. Forgive me, Lord. God, change my ways. Change my heart. Work on me, Lord. Repent of the things that you know we should not be doing. See, once you thank him, once you have praised him, once you've allowed yourself to be broken, now the spirit can move. That's when you ask for your needs. That's when you ask for your needs. Your needs should be the fourth thing that you do when we pray. Amen.
because you've thanked him. You have thanked him already. You've praised him. You've allowed yourself to be broken because you realize we're nothing without him. See, if you don't come to a place in your prayer where you realize you're nothing without him, it's going to be all about you and how you want it to go. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse number 26, it says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what should we pray. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Bible says we don't know what to pray for. Not like we should. If we don't know what we should pray for or how we should pray, then why do we insist on praying according to our own will when we can just easily be praying in the Holy Ghost? It is clear from Paul's writings that here, here, that the Spirit is given to us to help our infirmities or our weaknesses. The Spirit is there to help us in these matters and in these moments. So if the spirit has been given to us, see, that's why the Holy Ghost is so important. Mm -hmm. See, if you fail or to think that the Holy Spirit is only there for speaking in tongues, you've missed it. But the Holy Spirit is there for many reasons, one of them being to help our weaknesses. In areas where we are weak, the spirit is strong. The spirit can help lead us and guide us in areas where we stumble in. Because many of us, if we would admit it, we know where we're weak at. We know when we should be avoiding pitfalls. We can see the signs coming when we know that we shouldn't be going that direction. But see, that's why the whole, ooh, can I pause here for a moment and just preach about the Holy Ghost? See, that's why the Holy Ghost is so important. That's why we must, we need the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh, I don't care what the past or what people have talked about in your family. The Holy Ghost is real. I wish I had a witness in here right now. The Holy Ghost is real. Oh, has anybody ever received the gift of the, the Holy Ghost is real. And the Holy Ghost, you know it because you will hear yourself speak in a heavenly language that you know you cannot teach yourself. I wish I had a witness in the house right now. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is beyond that moment in time when you spoke in tongues. It stays with you. It does not leave you. It does not depart. And it helps you in times of trouble. That's why the Holy Ghost, the gift of God that is on the inside of you is so vital. It is important. It is important for salvation. You must be born again of water and of spirit. So first of all, you got to have it. That should be enough to stop preaching right there. It's not an option. The Bible does not say the Holy Ghost is an option. No, it says you must, 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 must. You must be born of water and spirit. So it's a commandment. You, you, you have to do it. But then once it's there, it's there to work in your life and lead you and help you in areas of your weaknesses. Amen. Some of us will not have so many 
downfalls and many of us would not stumble so much in certain areas if we would allow the Holy Ghost in us to help us in those moments. Because many of us, even before we get to the pitfall, the Holy Ghost is saying, uh-oh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And our flesh is saying, but I want it. <laughs> and it's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, but I want it. Uh-huh, but I want it. But I want it. And the Spirit is saying, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, but I do want it. It's that flesh, it's that fight with the flesh. And then we end up falling saying, God, what happened? No, I told you a long time ago you didn't want it. The spirit, it helps in our infirmities. Or infirmities means weaknesses. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we ought to pray and continue to pray until you hear yourself speak in tongues. You ought to pray. Our prayer life should be so to where we don't even want to get up until the spirit starts to speak out of us. I'm trying to help somebody here today. I'm telling you, this is how you do not return. This is how you don't go back. When you fall on your knees, when you stretch out into the Lord, you begin to pray and cry out to him until you hear the spirit. You feel the spirit in you begin to just boil up and run over and run out of you. Amen. Amen. And allow God to just to speak and minister to you. You don't have to worry about what's coming out your mouth. You don't have to understand it because you're communicating with him and God understands. And the Bible says that the spirit will intercede for you. Who doesn't want God standing in the gap for you? Who doesn't want God standing in the gap? I will take God over anybody else. I love when you intercede, but I love it when the Holy Ghost steps in. I love it when God steps in and says, I'll fight this battle. I'll fight this battle. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. Amen. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. It will help us in our weaknesses. Amen. I, I, so, so no longer, I, I want us to get out of this mindset of, mm, 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 that's not the right thing to say. I don't want anyone in here to only depend on people for help. Don't just depend on people because that's the first thing we do, right? Yeah. Who can I go to? Who can I talk to? Who can I, who can I, who, who can I text? Who can I call? Who? When that spirit that's on the inside of you is saying, hey, <laughs> hey, hello, hey, Eddie, hey, hey, I'm here. Just in case you need me, you know, I'm just God. I'll be around. I, I, I'll be here. My name's Jesus, by the way. Hey, Eddie. And I'm like, man, who, uh, brother Eric, I need some help. You know what Eric says? Well, brother, I mean, uh, let me pray about it. <laughs> Amen. What I should have done in the first place. Because the scripture says, if any of you are afflicted, the Bible says, let him pray. Because when I've learned to pray for myself before I start picking up the phone and calling people, what I've learned is, is God is already working on the person and the person calls me. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. You missed it. 
How many of you have ever been down? How many of you have ever been going through situations and all of a sudden your phone rings? All of a sudden you get a text message. All of a sudden somebody reaches out to you. See, that's what God does. When he stands in the gap, somebody stands. That's the Holy Ghost. That's what that is. See, this is how you make it to the end. This is how you overcome. This is how you remain. Because if you don't, if you and I do not come to the conclusion right now that my prayer needs to be spirit-led, then you will find yourself like the people that said, I don't want to listen to you anymore. I'm not listening to Moses. I'm not listening to that preacher. What's Pastor Robinson know? What, what, is, what does he think? Who do, who do he think he is? What does he know? I'm older than him. Ah, he don't know what he's talking about. Let us make a captain. Let, let, let us come together ourselves. We'll make our own little church. Well, we know that ain't the will of God right there. Let us make our own little group. And we'll go back to Egypt. See, when you're not led by the spirit, that's what begins to happen. You'll find yourself in a place headed back in the wrong direction, wondering how in the world did I get here? How did I end up back in the same place that I said I would never go back to? How did I end up in a situation that I said I would never find myself in? But somebody needs to say within themselves, I'm not going back. I ain't going back. I'm, I, I, I'll say it myself. I'm not going back. Uh, -uh. Not this man of God, not this preacher, not this man. I'm not going back. I'm not returning back to Egypt. I'm not returning back to the world. I'm not returning where God has brought me from. I'm not going back. I don't care how much I got to fight. I don't care how much I got to crawl. I don't care how much I got to dig. I'm not going back. I don't care who turns away from me. I don't care who walks out of my life. I'm not going back. See, some of us need to get that up in our mind right now because some of us are too attached to people. And if the people go, you go. No, you got to make it up in your spirit right now. If they go, I stay. I will remain right here in the house of the Lord. It doesn't matter who walks out of my life because I am determined to stay with Jesus. we do not have a prayer life so that is spirit led and not flesh led you will say let us make a captain and we're going back to Egypt because it's all about what you want now not what God wanted but I'm not going back the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost is what we need. 
the Holy Ghost is what we need. Did you see that in the Bible? That it is the spirit. It is the spirit that intercedes for us. We must have it. My question is somebody today, do you want it? And somebody here today needs to ask the question, I need more of it, Lord. He'll say, yes, I'll do it for you. I want that. I need that. I need to be led by that. Don't be mistaken. The speaking in tongues part is just the evidence of it. That's just a proof to say that's it. That's the spirit. God's saying, yeah, that's me right there. That's not you because you can't do that. But that is me right there. And now allow yourself to be led by it. Come on, let's stand to our feet. The scripture says in Numbers 14, it says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. Lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night and made the decision to make a captain and return. Someone here today needs to wipe the tears from their eyes and make it up in your spirit that I'm not going back. I'm going to say that again. Wipe the tears from your eyes. Stop crying. And say, I'm not going back. I'm not positioning myself with everybody else the Bible says the the entire congregation all of them every one of them that that baffles my mind how you can have a promise from the Lord it's guaranteed to you and you mean every one of you are crying every one of you are saying we're going back to where we cried our way out of and now you crying yourself back to where you came from I'm here to tell you you've cried once now it's your time to rejoice you've cried already that's why you're here because you cried out to the Lord saying I need your help I need your direction I need you to pull me out wipe your tears from your face you've cried your way out now it's time to receive what belongs to you now it's time to possess what belongs to you let's lift our hands right now all across this room